Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. For over 20 years, Dr. James Maxwell and his team at Crestwood Dental have been providing quality care to patients of all ages. They offer a variety of services from cleanings to cosmetic dentistry and restorations with today's most advanced technology, including the most up-to-date lasers, digital x-rays, and impressions. They offer Invisalign and custom aligners with their 3D printer. Crestwood Dental accepts most insurance plans and a membership program for uninsured patients. Schedule today at 314-463-5655 or Crestwood dental.com this is the last minute blues podcast with jeff burton donnie fandango and former blues defenseman jamie rivers it is the last minute blues podcast donnie fandango former blue jamie rivers and jeff burton from the Rizzuto show gentlemen how are you oh man so ready to go yourself over there clean shaven yeah i'm all cleaned up uh got a little meeting today and uh won't get into the specifics but you know it's one of those things i thought it was just a lunch. I was like, so flip flops, shorts, t-shirt. Like, that's how I roll every mm-hmm. day. Even if it's a, or was it a business lunch? It, it is a business lunch. Flip flops and shorts for a business lunch. But I no, I love it. I think it's great. It's summertime. It's hot. It's St. Louis. Sure. Think about that for a second, right? Yeah. Like, do you really want to get all dressed up? Like, I know that the person I'm meeting with doesn't want to either. So let's just make it easy and sure. be like somewhere simple to eat: shorts, flip flops, t-shirt, and we can enjoy the actual meeting. Right. But no, today I and I thought it was one of those days. I Google the place that we're headed to. I'm looking. I'm like, man, those are some fancy dishes. Uh-oh. I'm like, eh, let me double check this. I double check, and I get the dreaded response. It's not flip-flops, shorts type place, but it's not the Ritz-Carlton either. Oh, boy. Oh, that gray in between. I the gray that. in between. Oh, man. So immediately decided to shave. I shaved. Okay. Uh, because I figured I was looking a little bit burly at the time. and I kind of um, liked it. I noticed that. You started looking yeah. at me weird before, yeah. so now I get it. Okay. No more pre-podcast hugs for you. <laughs> yeah. Jeff was like, hey, let's see if our beards can knot up together. Oh, Wait. God. Whoa. Jeez. Beard docking. Go ahead. But it's that, that dreaded, not fancy, but fancy zone. So yeah. I'm like, I, and I don't really roll in the fancy. Like, I can wear a suit and that, like, if we go really off the charts, yeah, I got that. Yeah. Otherwise, it's shorts, flip-flops, jeans, you know, that kind of stuff. So to roll in the middle, it's tough day. Yeah, yeah I don't have very much day. in the middle as far as my clothes. Yeah, I'm wearing go. like a bowling shirt. Right. right. Yeah, yeah, but it looks sharp. You ironed. You look good, man. <laughs> you, you, look, you look good. Yeah, in between so, days for me, it's like, I, give me time to stop at Kohl's then. I'm just saying. I ain't got any, I'm either naked or in a tuck. <laughs> this is true. But now, would it be... Business casual if you just had a tie on, but you were naked. Uh, it depends on the time of the day. I guess it depends on the business. <laughs> and, the, and the business, yeah. 
Do you get nervous before these meetings? Like, are you like, are you nervous or? No, not really. I mean, no. look, it, to me, it's uh, when you get to sit down and talk to somebody, you've obviously had dialogue before at some point. And so you sit down and, and you have lunch and you go over it. And to me, there's no pressures. Like, pressure for me was getting traded at midnight and having to move your entire family across the country or just having twins, literally dropping them off at home from the hospital and having to go to training camp. That day, like that, to me, <laughs> right. that's pressure. Do you know people that that's happened to? Yeah, or a something? couple of people, friends okay. of mine. <laughs> cool. Yes. I think it's. Mine. I think it's. I think it's pretty pretty interesting though how you guys, professional athletes speaking, will deal with a pressurized situation more so than maybe somebody like, different like me. Yeah. Man, I, I I just marvel at the ability to be calm, cool, collected well, in pressure I, situations. I, I'm gonna guess it has something to do with playing a sport in front of twenty thousand people all around the world and in <laughs> pressure situations, right? Yeah, yeah. It, it's actually crazy what you get used to. It really is. I mean, you talk to musicians and other entertainers that play in front of large crowds and. You know, with with professional sports, you have the people in the building, so whatever that is, if you're hockey to football, so you're twenty thousand to sixty thousand, let's say in that range. Well, then you have everybody watching on TV. Then you have YouTube. You have every, like so if you really mess up or do something bad, well, guess what? That thing is going to get a lot of yeah. attention. People are going to see if you fall. Exactly. When does the earnest effort to lock yourself in mentally begin as an athlete? Like to where you where you're really. You know, hey, big game, big situation. You mean like day of the game? When does it lock no, no, in, or like, just career wise? Yeah, I guess. I guess at what point in your like development do you start like really kind of focusing on that mental part of it outside of you know just the God given athletic ability that you have? Yeah, you know, uh, for me, I can only speak. Uh, you know, my, my personal experiences. It started early. It's like fifteen years old. You know, because. People are showing up in the building to watch you and to evaluate you, and people are paying money at that point to come and watch the product on the ice. So there is a certain amount of pressure uh, that, that goes with that. And so at 15 years old, you know, you, I had to be locked in for every single game. Here's a question that I ask this of band guys all the time. At what point did you realize you could do this for a living? <laughs> That's going to sound crazy. Uh, but probably about eleven or twelve years old. Really? Wow! Yeah. Really? That oh, young? The, the ego? Yeah. The ego on no, this guy? No, was you Jesus. just dominating? I look back at it, you know, and and it's tough because just like you said, oh, the ego on this nah, guy. Well, no, joking. but if you you look back at it, and at eleven years old, I was playing against fifteen year olds, and three levels up, and then at fifteen, I was playing against twenty one year olds, and it's like so you see real quickly like this is a possibility of being real, and not only were you just playing like you're you're an important piece or even at times dominating and you're that much younger than these guys, you realize at that point that I've got something here and there was a talent, but there was also a competitiveness to it that I didn't ever want to lose. I, I, I think an interesting follow-up to that would be what you're 11 playing against 15 year olds and 15 playing against 18 year olds or whatever. At what point did that catch up? Uh, the NHL, and even then, really it not catch until up. the NHL. Yeah, I never really? caught up wow. because you keep advancing and it goes quickly. And so for me, I went from pay- playing like AAA, like youth hockey, to junior hockey, where I'm playing. You know, like I said, turn 15 years old, playing against 21 year olds, right? Uh, 20, 21 year olds, and even there's 17, 18 year olds too at the time. But I remember on my first team, this is a funny story, and I'll just divert real quick. Uh, I walked in the locker room. There's a guy that's like somewhat bald. He's got a hairy chest, big gold chain through. I'm thinking, like, this guy's the trainer or the bus driver. <laughs> looks yeah. like a man's man. He starts right. putting the gear on. I'm like, who the hell is this guy, you know? He's yeah. my teammate. 
Yeah. He's got a wife, a kid, and he drives cab. That's his job, and he plays hockey with us. He's 21 years old. Wow. Oh, yeah. That was a, that was a 21-year-old Harold Schneps, I think. Pretty much, <laughs> yes. I'm pretty sure. So that's, you know, and so that, you know, it's funny because you play with the older guys, yeah. and then you jump one step further again, major junior hockey, and again, you have 17 through 21-year-olds. At 18, I was drafted here to the St. Louis Blues. So I come rolling in at 18 years old. There's 40-year-olds. Right. So it's crazy. Speaking of Harold Schnapps. How exactly. in the world, how in the world do you keep from doing stupid shit when you're that young and that talented? Um. <laughs> and, 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 and I mean, but, but you know, man. Who like, says he did? Well, no, and I know that you do because we because well, we all do. But, Jeff, think about it. Yeah, yeah. Think about what, what you were doing at <laughs> yeah. 18. I know what you're saying. Not it, a hockey player. Yeah. 18, 19, 20 years old with that kind of money. In a different country, much less a different state. <laughs> With city. mom and dad not around hovering. Yeah. And if you ever met his dad, not a great influence. Uh, <laughs> am I true. wrong? No, you're 100% right. Uh, so right. I'll tell you one of the reasons why they didn't F up, and then I'll let him answer the question, is that all, the amount of times that, that he would go out and with other people and, yeah, get crazy. But he wasn't driving. Even back then, the dude had his own driver. So you're just being, just being, being smart about the yeah. silliness. Well, I had an older brother, right, four years older than me, and he played. He had a cup of coffee in the NHL, but then played pro hockey for like 11, 12 years. Over here, over in Europe, everywhere. And so it was nice to have that, that guidance throughout the process. And when I got to St. Louis, the number one thing he said was, don't, one, try not to get into any fights at the bars. People are going <laughs> to. He didn't even mean on the ice. <laughs> well, but on the ice is easy. You're being paid to do that, yeah, right? Right. Yeah. But in the yeah, bars, yeah. like all sorts of crap happens there. Guys get drunk, girlfriends that start to hit on you, and their boyfriend gets angry, or he doesn't like you because you're whatever. The, it's always a reason. You guys know it, even just in general population, yeah, people yeah. get in fights over the dumbest shit in bars. Yeah, liquid courage. Exactly. So he's like, you know, try to stay out of that stuff. One, you know, it just gives you a bad rap. And two, you're not being paid to beat the shit out of that guy. Right. So <laughs> he's on. like, yeah. why bother? Yeah. He goes, if he offers you $2,000 and beat the shit out of him. Yeah. You know, like that kind of a thing. <laughs> but uh, that and don't drink and drive. Yeah. Don't put yourself in an awful position. We grew up with like no money at all. Like nothing. Now I look back now, I'm like, oh my God, how do we even get through all that stuff? But then when we got some money, especially playing here at a young age, my brother was like, don't be stupid. Like, take that money and put it over here and give it to somebody to drive. And that's the, the reason we name? had the famous Clyde the limo oh, guy. Yeah, Clyde. <laughs> Another venture for Clyde. I Driving like Mr. Rivers. Yeah. Uh, Clyde yeah, you was know what? awesome. I wanted to go to a different direction with this and talk about fighting in the NHL since you brought it up. But instead, I want to go a more CBS Sunday morning with this question. <laughs> oh, boy. And the fa- Wait look- a minute. Do you have that in you? Oh, oh I, yeah. Wait for it, baby. All right. Oh, okay. yeah. Wait for it. Here it comes. I'm, I'm excited. I'm Jane Pauly way deep down inside. <laughs> um, you just said you had nothing growing up. Yep. Yet you and at least one other brother played hockey. Not a cheap sport. Make you appreciate your growing up and what your dad and what your mom did? Oh, that's crazy. You know, and I, I remember, you know, going on tournaments and, you know, the whole family was in one room and my dad wouldn't eat the whole day. He'd have like one meal in the day and then take the rest of it so that my brother and I could eat for the tournament or whatever we were doing. And then like the river's house, uh, uh, Mac and cheese, like that's that a, si- that's that a side, yeah. right? Well, uh-huh. Mac and cheese was the main course right. at the river's house. It was like Mac and cheese and buttered bread. Right. And that's like, all you could get for the day, and then there was liver. And I found out later, like, liver is like the worst thing you can get. <laughs> oh, a little, little brown swagger, that'll put hair on your chest. Yeah, there's just a lot of things, a lot of little... Um, 
uh, clues along the way that I go through in my head now, and I'm like, oh, I get it. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. My dad did a lot of mac and cheese, or not mac and cheese, hamburger helper, and all we had was the helper. You know, back in the day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, is, yeah. Is a, you know, a single dad with four kids, eventually, you know, four kids, yeah. you do what you have to do. And now that Jamie Rivers doesn't, doesn't struggle like that, I just want you to just, I mean, appreciate that. Wow. You know, I mean, what did he do for a living? Uh, well, he did a lot of different things. My dad is, as you know, have met him. He's a unique character. Yes. That's uh, why I was like, who would hire him? That's why I asked. Yeah. The chief. We call him Chief Rolling Puck. That's what his <laughs> nickname is. Um, <laughs> He's he's a beauty. He could he could sell anything. I mean, he could talk a starving dog off a meat wagon. That guy and not a lot of call for that. But <laughs> not, right. I mean, it's not, not a, a res- huge uh, career move. But yeah. yeah, he was a sales guy. Okay. Did sales and different things, all sorts of things. Seems like every other week he had a different job. He, right, right. You, know, you could sell, you could sell anything, and he would yeah, whatever. Pretty much make me money. Wow, that's crazy. You know, I feel like um, I was. We were not poor growing up necessarily. But if there is a middle middle class and a middle lower class, I would say we're probably somewhere in between. Uh-huh. And I feel as though that growing up like that, and especially my dad, my dad was a machinist for 45 years, worked on his feet, knees shot, the whole thing. That dude worked his ass off for us. Mm-hmm. And I distinctly remember a time when I was in middle school and I needed new cleats for baseball. And that dude worked over the weekend, not only just so that I could get cleats, but get the good cleats that I wanted. Right. And you see that, I remember that stuff and man, that's what fuels me to provide for, for the kids now, man. Like, I just, and it makes me just respect the hell and crap out of my mom and sure. dad who just worked so freaking hard but i think man you know everybody says it but when you got to work for it when you don't get everything given to you man you just appreciate it that much more you Absolutely. know what i'm saying i mean any of your kids play hockey yeah my boys play hockey okay twin boys 15 they're beauties yeah yeah they play. actually I, I do remember you telling me about them they're they're pretty decent they're pretty decent yeah they're, they're playing triple a hockey u16 mm, that's awesome uh good kids they work hard they're monsters. Like I said, I don't really know who their dad is. Uh, whoever it is, <laughs> well, I like to shake his hand. That's the well, reason for the podcast, Jamie. Get you, over here. But how do you do that as a professional athlete, as a, as a parent? Like, how do you not push? Because that's, that's a tough thing, too, man. Trust because me. you know those boys get, well, your dad's Jamie Rivers, so I bet you got to be good, too, or blah, blah, blah. Yeah, they get that. The expectations are always there, right? As soon as they hit the ice and the last name is across the back of the jersey, Eyeballs are drawn to it, and, and with my kids, they're like I said, they're big kids, and one of them especially is six five, two twenty. Whoa, my goodness, you are not the father. You are not the father. <laughs> I, I know. Just, I don't need the paperwork. I don't now. need Mari Povich for that. Okay, uh, but Dude, either that's way, meat right there. Yeah, my well, they're goodness. twins, which is crazy. The other one's six feet, two hundred five, so he's still a big kid too at fifty. Is your wife okay? Yeah, I don't know. Dude, the she food bill funny. in your house has to be <laughs> astronomical. Oh, my God, the food bill. <laughs> oh Guys, I'm not going to lie. It's like 200 bucks every other day. Oh, my god! And it's like every time they go to the fridge, it's empty. So, But they have pressure on them. They do. do and it's hard. Is there any is anybody want to take a run at them on the ice because of that? Not that, not that you were known as a fighter. I'm not yeah, saying six, that. The, if you're taking a run at the 6'5 guy, yeah, good luck to they're you. They're not running at the 6'5. They're running at the name on the back. Yeah, yeah, so yeah they, no. It's happened. But uh, to be honest, my boys play a pretty aggressive brand of hockey. And so, therefore, they, they're not really at risk. Would they that way. welcome it? Well, well, open arms. Well, I guess they're 15, so there's not a whole lot of that anyway, right? No, there, there's a lot of it now. Is there At really? U16, U17, U18, U15, those those are like those kids are running around pretty hardcore out there. Huh. Are you like like who coaches who coaches them? I do. 
Ah. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, dude. Well, my I'm formal, sure that's easy for the boys. My formal sure. apologies to... <laughs> Whatever I am, the hell uh, their names are. I am hard, but I am fair. I sound like the beginning of Full Metal Jacket right now. Eh? <laughs> I, got, I am hard, but I am fair. I tell you right now, I am intimidated for those kids, man. Oh, dude. Like, like, that... Dude, that's crazy. I had, I had a friend who uh, whose son played on one of the junior blues levels. I don't know all the levels with Al's son. Oh boy, uh, Al's a, yeah, Al's intense. Yes, he and, and Al was the coach at yeah. one of the games that I went to. And you, know, I didn't feel sorry for anybody with the last name McKinnis. First of all, he made it a point not to put the, jer- the names on the back of the jersey, so his son wasn't skating around with McKinnis on the back. That was pretty smart. I don't know if it was just his son or everybody, but anyway, uh, one game I watched, referee made a horrific call. Horrific, and I don't even know what it was. And you know how in ice rinks, especially when in, when something the play has stopped and somebody's doing an explanation, you can hear everything. Mm-hmm. And you hear Al McKinnis bring this ref over, and this kid was probably making twelve dollars for this game. <laughs> and he goes, "In all of my years in hockey, and it's been a lot of them, I have never seen a call." As poor as that one was. <laughs> and this kid was just like, wah, wah. He, he's, I mean, like his, his like, desire to, to, to ref hockey powered down. I mean, his soul was <laughs> melting. Because not only was it just a coach of this team, but it was Al McKinnis doing that team. You know, I'll say this. It's so hard. That's probably the hardest part. Like, coaching my kids is a unique experience where we have to almost get into character. Where when I cross the threshold into the rink, I'm coach. Right, two and, different worlds. And then as soon as we step into the vehicle, I'm dad. Right. Like, and we'll talk, and we'll talk about the games and stuff. But So there's a balance there that's difficult. But as a former pro athlete, I imagine in any sport, when you go back to coaching and you're involved with officiating and parents and all the stuff that come along with it, and you're sitting there, it can be frustrating. Yeah. Because you got parents who have these aspirations for little Johnny who's going to be, you know, the next Sidney Crosby you know, looking at it, you're like, either he is or he isn't, right? right. And you look yeah, at it, and 99.9% of the time, he isn't. the kid isn't. Right. So you're sitting there going, okay, so mom and dad are pressuring the heck out of their kid. They're pressuring me because they think he should play more and get the most ice time, and he's the best player. Well, he's not. He's not a good teammate. He doesn't work very hard. He thinks it comes easy. So that's the hard part with the parents is negotiating that – that actual, the reality. Right. Why isn't my kid getting more playing time? In the words of George Carlin, you got to realize your kid's average. Well, how about maybe your kid should play better? Or there's that. Work it, harder. Like, that, you, that's you know, all that stuff, right? You yeah. come across, and again, as we said before, not a, not a cheap sport. No. At the level where you're at with Jamie Rivers coaching you, this is not, a, it's even more expensive. Do you find a lot of kids that you can tell by looking at them, they're out there because their parents are living vicariously through them? Yeah, or they're doing it to please mom and dad, but their heart's not in it. Uh, yeah, totally. I see that. I mean, when I pick the teams that I coach, I try to weed those kids out. And it's not that they're bad kids; it's just that they're going to be a, they're wasting their own time, their parents' money, and the time of everybody else surrounding the program. Right. So you might as well just, even if they're better, like right now, if they're better, two weeks from now or a month from now, the kid that I pick will be as good, if not better, and I'll have a good kid. Right. Yeah. I know that one of the things that I didn't like when Benjamin played baseball was some other parents. <laughs> how, how do you, you know, and we talked about it a little bit, but how do you sort of massage that? How do you sort of deal with that? Because I'll tell you what, I, the parents that were screaming at their kids for, you know, not taking third when they could, I, 
I have got no time for that. And I understand that there is a time where a coach has to be a hard ass, and I'm completely fine with that. But it just seems like sometimes it gives the coaches the ability to kind of be a bully or some parents to be a bully. Like, what? how do you snuff that sort of stuff out? And have you ever had to go to a parent and be like, yo, this is inappropriate how you're acting towards either a player or another team or yeah. a, a, an official or something? Yeah, well, to answer your last question first, yeah, it's happened. Yeah. And my rule of thumb is if I have to come and talk to you about what you're doing at the rink, you know, your son, his ice time will be affected. And they look at you like, well, what are you? And I'm like, listen, how much do you love your kid? Well, I love him to death. He's everything. I do this for that. Okay, then shut up and yeah. go play. Or stop drinking. Mm, oh, yeah, yeah. That, that's the biggest one. If parents yeah. come in, especially on a Saturday, it's a tournament day. We have a game at 10 a.m., well, they're throwing a few wobbly pops back in the parking lot, yeah. come in, and then we have another game at like 4 p.m. Do you think they stopped? No. No. Know. Most of them have a van, and they pack stuff, and Correct. they're out in the parking lot tailgating. So then by the time the 4 o'clock game comes around, we've got some wobbly parents, right. and then you know everything looks different to somebody who's under the influence, and then they start to yell, or they get on their ref, or they yell at the other players on the other team, right. and they call them names, and, start, and I'm like, uh, no, we're not having it. Like, yeah, you're yeah. representing... Your family name, your kid who's on the ice, and the jersey that we're wearing. Even though it's not an NHL jersey, there's a lot of people, including myself, that are really proud of the jersey that we're wearing. And if you can't conduct yourself in a good way, then what's going to happen is going to affect your son's ice time, and ultimately you'll both be asked to leave. You're saying this to a that, well, that's just crazy, <laughs> man. When I was when I was twelve years old, honest, like, test me. Yeah. Oh, no. oh god. my god, man. When I was twelve years old, I was being real demonstrative of the home plate umpire when I was pitching in a little league game. My dad legitimately had the coach call timeout and come and get me, and he took me home in the middle of <laughs> oh the effing game gosh. because <laughs> I was being a douchebag. And my dad, who wow. was super quiet and wouldn't, wow. but was like. He was like, son, he was like, even if those aren't strikes, the way that you are going about it is wrong. You've got a manager here. You've got me here. You just need to shut your effing mouth right. and throw the effing ball. And, man, I mean, you talk about a lesson effing learned. How was that ride home? Oh, man. Oh. Well, and what was also, too, is my dad's real quiet. So, like, if my dad starts if my dad starts hollering, dude, I— I can count on one hand how many times that he has like yelled at me, and that was one of those times, man. Like it was, it was not. All good. right, here, here's a here's a non hockey topic. Uh-huh. Worst ever car ride with a parent, because I got one that'll kick that one's ass. Believe it or not. Well, here I'll go first okay. because mine is somewhere in between what Donnie just talked about and what you're asking. Okay? okay, and I don't know if it classifies as a car ride, but it's still an interesting story. So when you're young, and I was like seven, eight, maybe nine. You're out there playing hockey, and your dad's up watching, and for whatever reason, kids go through this sometimes, and you act like you're hurt mm-hmm. on the ice, right? Oh, like, yeah. oh, like I, I can just see it in my own head now. I probably missed a play or did something, and all of a sudden, oh, I was hurt. You know, and you lay on the ice, and then the referee has to blow the whistle and stop, mm-hmm. and the coach comes out, takes a look at you, and you hop up, and you skate off. Everything's okay. Well, my dad... You know, and the chief, okay, he, he'd seen enough of this after a while. And so he told me, you quit laying on the ice, would you? You know, I, you look like a, a wimp and you look like this and that, and it's just not a good look. And so sure enough, you know, fast forward to the next game, something happens, and I lay on the ice. <laughs> I come off the ice after the game, and I'm looking for my dad. I'm looking around everywhere. I can't find him. I'm asking parents, have you seen my dad? Have you seen my dad? No, I haven't seen him. I haven't seen him. Finally, I come across one parent. 
I said, have you seen my dad? He goes, uh, yeah, I'm going to take you home. I go, what do you mean? He goes, yeah, your dad just got up and left. Oh. He's like, I'm done watching this shit. Oh, <laughs> wow. You're embarrassing wow. the family. Oh, my God. I get home, driven home by another parent, my dad sitting in his chair at the Rivers house. And I have to walk in. And where you walk in, you have to walk right by him. Oh, boy. And uh, he goes, don't unpack your gear. I look at him. He goes, do you think I'm going to waste my time going to the rink, watch you lay on the ice and roll around like a friggin' wimp? He's like, I've had enough of this shit. He goes, here, give me that bag. Takes the bag, walks right out, and throws it in the garbage. (laughs) He goes, if you ever lay on the ice again and you're not dead, he goes, I am taking this and burning it. Fast forward, my entire career, I never stayed down ever. I probably should have. But they talk about one thing in your life, switching it forever, including when I was, like, literally dying on the ice. Yeah, whatever country it was. And so did that go through your head every time you got knocked down and kind of sort of got hurt? Every time I got anything, even if my leg was broken, I would skate to the bench, dragging my leg behind me. Flipping off the the camera just in case Dad was watching. (laughs) And then it'd zoom in me. I'd be like, are you proud of me now, I didn't go down. I didn't go down. They're like, this guy's done. Speaking of faking an injury it's not far from that all right remember in grade school whenever they used to come every once a year and they would uh test your eyesight and they would test your hearing yeah. and all that kind of stuff put the big <coughs> headphones on you go beep, beep. or they had the big you know chart and everything like that right and if they failed you you had to go to a hearing doctor or a, a an eye doctor yeah. that sort of thing and uh yeah i faked the eye thing <laughs> so like you faked it so that you would fail Right, yeah. I was wanted like, to wear glasses, she's right? Like, she was like, okay, read that top line. I'm like, pineapple? <laughs> and it's like a four. Right. You know? I was I was doing letters in foreign languages. I think I feigned like a heart attack at one point. Limping. I said I had diabetes at one point. I was just right. like, I want glasses, man. I want glasses, which is ironic because I have reading glasses now and I hate right. it so much. I want to do the laser surgery. So uh, they were like, well, we need to uh, – here, send a note home with you, and you you need to get glasses. I was like, yeah, this is so cool. Look at me. I'm different. Right? I have glasses. <laughs> so I went home, and I said to mom and dad, I'm like, hey, man, uh, I, I got to go to the eye doctor. I got to go get some glasses. Let's go get some glasses. And my dad was like, all right, no problem. Uh, boy, this is really on um, – let's see. I'll take off work tomorrow, oh. and I'll take you, to the, uh, take you to the eye doctor. My dad was a sheet metal worker, a local 36 in St. Louis. In other words, if he wasn't on the job site, he weren't getting paid. Yeah. So dad takes me in his uh, pickup truck to the eye doctor. We were not in the chair. 30 seconds. The doctor looks in my eyes. He goes, this guy doesn't need glasses. And my dad's sitting in the corner, I think smoking a cool menthol. <laughs> King. When, uh, excuse me. He goes, uh, he did the drops. He dilated. He looked in. He, he goes, he does not need glasses. <laughs> and he was like, Thank you for your time, doctor. Appreciate it. What do I owe you? Oh, okay, here you go. And I mean from the hallway to the to the car ride to the front door, kicking my ass. I mean making me feel so bad. Here, let me uh let me see how much money I lost today. Cause I wasn't on the job site. Yeah. And then he added in, you know, the gas and the doctor appointment. Oh, oh dude, yeah. it was the worst. And that was when he first pulled out the I'm not mad. 
I'm disappointed. Oh, dude, that was. Oh. So, are you still on a payment plan? Yes. Payment plan? <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, because that was only like six months ago, actually. <laughs> so, so guys, real quick, I got to tell you a story on how my day started, uh, and then you can tell me how big of a jerk that I am. Okay. Even though I don't feel like I'm a jerk. All right. Well, we'll decide. Yeah. We'll so, be the judge. I came into the parking lot this morning. I got here about quarter to eight, and there's not very many cars in the parking lot. But I'm driving up to the garage, you know, to the, the levels part, because uh-huh. I park at the top and then I walk down to start sure. getting my steps. Yeah. So um, <laughs> as I'm going in the parking lot, there's a guy on his phone that's like blocking the lane that I'm driving. Uh, in his car or walking? No, walking. Walking, okay. So he's on his phone. He's not paying attention and I can't go any further. Well, my window's rolled down, so when he finally passes me, I go, Ep, don't worry, don't be in a hurry for me. Did you say that really? Yeah. Oh, Did you say gosh. it that nicely? Yes, I said, I said, no, don't worry about being in a hurry for me. Nice. That's how I said it. Okay, that's a lot nicer than... And so then, as, I, as, I'm, as I'm driving forward, he's flipping me off. No way. Yeah, so he waited at that spot, and I parked my car, and was hustling down the stairs because I wanted to give him a little... A little a what to do. A little, sure, hey man, yeah. you know, go screw yourself too. But he had already went into the building. So I, I would assume I'm going to see this guy another time. Oh, but I was there not, he is now. Yeah, here he is. He wants to see I you. I wasn't in the wrong, right? I didn't cuss no, at the guy. I didn't yell at the guy. Here's the only thing, that, the only reason, this was in our parking garage. I wouldn't have done it just in case he works here. What if he works Oh, I would have done it on purpose. Well, yeah, but you're an asshole. Yeah, but no, I think he, well, no, for one, he was walking towards that other building. Oh, okay. So he didn't, so he doesn't work in this. Wasn't a big guy with a a big black beard. No, I think I could have taken him. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, I think so. so If not, I'm getting a little faster lately, so I figure. But yeah, but I was just like, I didn't even say anything. And then when he flipped me off, I was like, I would have swore at you if I would have known that that was going to be the response. I feel like I find this stuff, guys, or this stuff finds me. Okay, can I I think you handled that rather well. I would have pulled a full U-turn right there as soon as I saw the finger and asked to discuss what (laughs) he he was thinking at that moment. Jamie would have pulled back around while putting his old gloves on, (laughs) gotten out, and then threw them down, (laughs) pulled his shirt over his head. You want to do this? Yeah, let's go. Do Do you know who I am? Prior to 8 a.m.? Come on. Oh, my God. You know what? Can I one more short? story yeah, you yeah. tell me uh i want to move because of what i did i went to the uh valvoline oil change place in, uh, in eureka there right off of fifth street uh take my oldest daughter's uh car to get the oil changed and uh we did the oil oh no just it was just air anyway it was just like air and can you check the freon okay cool and they did that i was there for five minutes at the most guy went around did all that thing and he checked the thing he said your freon's fine to tell your daughter she's crazy i said okay cool uh, when I got home, I told her I had the Freon fixed, by the way. And she goes, oh, it's nice and cool now. Anyway. Um, Give her the dad's speech. It cost me $12 yeah, of gas yeah. to get there. Give oh, me this. Sorry. So, yeah. So, you know how when you're done with the oil change, they they open the garage, and then they stand there, and they do, do the airplane thing. Come on out. Come on out. Come on out. Thank you. Have a great day, right? Right. I'm pulling past the guy. The window's down because I'd been chatting with the manager or whatever. <laughs> and as I'm going by him, he goes, thank you. Have a good day. And I'm like, cool. And I fist bumped him on the way out. Oh. I wanted to just keep going straight onto the highway. Way with my eyes closed, and I want to sell my house. I can never go back. Yeah, that's. I a, feel like such an ass. Why? That, What's well, wrong with the fist bump? Fist bump the oil change guy. It, why not? I why? It, why not? A, but, I don't know. You, I feel weird. First of all, you're making it worse than it is. It's not that big of a deal. If anything, it was just awkward, and that's where it gets me. <laughs> is where I'm awkward because Jamie will come into the what studio. He did. It was like a half fist bump because he's like, oh, yeah, okay, right. You know, so you like, didn't know what to do. This idiot. Sometimes Jamie will come in the studio, and I don't know if we're fist bumping or if we're going or we're coming in. Yeah, like there's a bit of awkward there. Today was. What's up, human? (laughs) Last Minute Blues Podcast, can we just do a general what are we doing? 
Fist bumping, high fiving, shaking hands between the three of us. What are we gonna do? I prefer. Have a we high been fiber drinking or not? No, oh, just yeah. here in here. So okay. yes. So have we been drinking? <laughs> <laughs> so no, only blow. <laughs> oh, then that's got to be a fist bump. Okay, fist bump. Yeah. Probably repeatedly. Yeah. Totally <laughs> makes sense. Yeah. Hard fist bumps. <laughs> Double fist. Wait a minute. All right. So uh, so we'll call this another episode. Yeah. Yes. Boy, this podcast thing is something else. Yes. Thanks, Jeff. (laughs) He does that joke a lot. Adobe for dummies. Send us a book, please. (laughs) Former Blue, Jamie Rivers, Jeff Burton, Donnie Fandango, The Last Minute Blues Podcast. Thanks for listening, everybody. The Last Minute Blues Podcast. Hear more at 1057thepoint.com. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.